Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. Holy shit. We're in the last week of March. That means the One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2 announcement is upon us. And I'm so excited. I'm starting to see little hints here and there on Instagram stories and Twitter posts from bands. So if you're paying attention, you might be familiar with who will be on it. But shout out to From Within Records. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the official announcement coming up next month. So if you're not following From Within Records on Twitter or Instagram, I highly suggest you go do that. Go boot up your social medias and hit that follow button so you can stay up to date and see that announcement when it drops. Shout out to Payback. They hit the studio at this point two weeks ago, and I'm still uh, so stoked on that band, and I can't wait to hear their new music. MH Chaos posting updates about their new record. I'm super stoked on Chicago Hardcore. I can't wait for their new record to drop. I love that band. But support from within records because they support us. Also, I want to give another big shout out to all of you for showing uh, like endless amount of support for the Pain of Truth and Age of Apocalypse split uh, at this time of recording there's less than 10 copies of the green vinyl available it might even be sold out i have to double check that but seriously thank all of you for uh, supporting that split supporting streets of hate supporting pain of truth age of apocalypse it's just so awesome to see so many people show love and purchase the record so seriously thank all of you for supporting awesome hardcore shout out to nicole and alex for always working hard and doing awesome stuff out there in new york so go go show love Go sell out that that vinyl. It's going to be gone pretty soon. I'm sure it'll, it'll sell it eventually, less than 10, and it'll, it'll happen. So grab one if you haven't um, and before it's too late because who knows if they'll ever do that colorway again. Green, kind of special. But seriously, shout out Streets of Hate. Shout out to all of you. On today's episode, we had to travel to New York. We tracked down Daniel. He sings for a band called The Answer. And I'm a fan of the band. I previously had on Eric. We talked about uh, the early days of the band, but I wanted to track down Daniel because I think he's just an interesting guy and way more down to earth than I had imagined. And I had a real great time talking to him. So if you are not familiar with the answer, I highly suggest you hit pause, boot up your Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, whatever, and Go listen to their demo. Such an awesome band. Uh, I think they just, just didn't get to do too much because of obviously the pandemic. A lot of bands were affected, but they're one of those bands that released late 2019. And I, I know they had plans. They had a couple things, uh, you know, planned uh, as far as uh, touring wise, but obviously things got derailed. So I'm hoping once the uh, or once we get out of the pandemic and things are, uh, you know, slowly start to get better and shows start happening and tours and all that. I hope the answer is one of those bands that is able to get out there and get in front of more people because I think they have a lot of potential, a lot of awesome and talented people in the band. So I have high hopes for them, but strap in and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So please, without further ado, welcome Daniel Gudney to the show.
right, and we're live. Welcome to the podcast, Daniel. How's it going? Yo, I'm chilling, bro. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm uh, happy to have you on the podcast, so thank you for being down to do it. Yeah, for sure. Happy to be here, man. Yeah, so for uh, the people out there who don't know, you uh, sing for a band called The Answer. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about um, how you joined that band? Um, so, yeah, so I mean, like, I moved to, to New York from Columbus, Ohio, uh, like two and a half, almost three years ago. And um, yeah, when I, I was already friends with uh, Eric, who played in Breakaway at the time, and also friends with like AJ from from Blind Justice and and just some of like the, the short people a little bit, because um, I, I used to book shows in, in Columbus. And so like when there was that huge tour um, a few years ago, it was like Regulate Breakaway, Crust, Blind Justice, and maybe one other band, I can't remember. But um, I booked that show in Columbus and kind of like met everyone there. And that, that show ended up also being like my going away party. So I like just became friends with like everyone through that. And we just all talked about just like, yeah, when I go out there, let's definitely do some shit. And so when I went out there, me and Eric, we tried to start a band with our with our homie Ian Nolan, but he shitted all my songs. <laughs> so we ended up not doing that and started jamming with uh with like AJ and Matt from Blind Justice because we talked about doing like a band that sounded like Desperate Measures Leeway. I was gonna play guitar. And um then it ended up not sounding like that at all. And I ended up singing and our jeans like hopped in after we recorded and yeah, so then it was just kind of ended up being like all of us just hanging out and jamming and just making some songs. Okay, yeah. that, that's awesome. I, I had no idea that you um, weren't originally from New York. I just kind of assumed that you know that's where you grew up. Yeah, no. Um, so I'm originally from. So I mean, I'm originally from upstate New York and Rochester, mm-hmm. but I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, I would come out to New York all the time. Um, but this, yeah, this is like kind of a new a new place for me so i'm uh, i'm curious back when you were uh, out there in ohio how'd you get your start with booking shows because I, I always feel like uh that's just sometimes it, it can be thankless but also it, it takes a lot of work just to you know get everything in order just to get the show to happen and then you know to make sure the band show up and make sure everybody gets taken care of so that that's just a lot of pressure so uh, i i commend you for you know taking on that role but I'm, I'm curious how you got to that point um i mean just like a few, I mean, a few different reasons. I mean, like, so, like, where are you from? You're from California, right? Yeah, I'm Orange County area. Orange County? Okay. So, like, getting into hardcore in, like, a place like Columbus, Ohio, which, you know, like, when I was growing up, like, we had an amazing scene. Like, all of our shows were fucking wild. But, like, you know, like, a lot of places know, like, there's ups and downs, like, in time periods where just, like, people stop really coming around. People get older. There's not a lot of new kids coming in. And so, like... So when I was like, I'm trying to think. So when I was like, like maybe like 19, um, I played in this band called Youth Hostel and we were like straight up the only hardcore band in Columbus. And they're just like, the only people that were booking hardcore shows was this label. I mean, not label, but this um, this booking company called uh, Bravo Artists that like, they do and they do everything they like bring in like 
me- like most like metal shows and then like fucking like you know like hip-hop shows and just like all like all kinds of shit mm-hmm. but you know they were like a company that like didn't really like give a fuck about what was going on and so you know the only bands i would come through were like these giant bands sorry about that it's all like, good. These, like these giant bands with like these giant like fucking like guarantees and so like we would have like a good show like maybe like once every like six months or so but like not we didn't have a lot of small bands coming through and like you know so i mean it kind of just became like okay we're just gonna start asking bands to come here so we can kind of like keep a scene going uh-huh. and you know being like there weren't all of our friends were like old so we didn't have anyone coming through either so we were like okay so let's kind of like get some new kids in and start booking bands that they want to hear so we started like that was like in in you know in that era you know like we're like three hours away from detroit so we're booking a lot of like detroit bands so like at that time like people from central ohio loved like detain and like freedom and like that kind of shit so like we'd ask them to come down and you know like it kind of just turned into me bring as many people as i could like just paying out of pocket and just trying to make shows happen and you know like i don't know yeah it was just i i just i just wanted bands that i wanted here come through and you also have to understand like the midwest is kind of like beat down central for for the kind of music a lot of people like and very like metalcore-esque and you know like there were there were still a lot of kids who wanted like pure hardcore bands to come through and not a lot of people were bringing those bands in so i just wanted to do it because no one else was you know it was mostly for honestly it was mostly for me if anything i just wanted to see bands i liked and that can be really hard when like one uh areas dominated by a certain genre because to just to even bring in a, a band that sounds different uh, could be risky because uh, you know people might not even want to pay attention just because they're so caught up in with what's uh, you know um, big in that area so mm-hmm. for you know for you to step up and you know kind of seek out these bands and bring them to your area just to keep it alive I, I think that's really important yeah I mean it was it was cool and honestly I mean shout out to all the bands that actually like came through with it i mean because like i mean who the fuck wants to go to ohio you know (laughs) like um it's not like a lot of people are are really like that's the spot to go to especially like in in the later 2000s so um yeah i mean i was just thankful like bands would come because like shows weren't always that great a lot of times it would be like a small amount of people but a lot of times it would be we get a fuck ton of people to come out and it would be really cool and people have a really good time so yeah I'm i'm thankful for all that stuff you know we had really cool venues and and also we had like a really cool like house show scene we had a bunch of punk houses and i was friends with a lot of like the punks in columbus and they they would always let me use their spaces and so like yeah i can't i can't take all the credit it was just i had a lot of a lot of good support at that time that allowed me to like do that um so yeah it was a cool time and and still shout out to like bravo artists and like the corporate people who were like bringing the bigger bands into because we needed that. And there was no way I could have like paid a band like two grand for a show. You know, I was like 20 years old and like washing dishes, I like a pizza place, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And, and definitely shout out to the bands who are willing to take that chance to go play these, uh, you know, uh, smaller cities or, you know, um, driving out to these smaller scenes and just, uh, you know, actually being down for hardcore because mm-hmm. um, I, I imagine it has to be a, a little fun for them too to kind of travel out to like these like unknown areas and just see what's going on. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like 
I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, 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 you know, there's a, so I have this, this old head um, in Columbus. Uh, his name is Joey Knuckles. And, you know, he's like a tattooer out there, like OG fucking Columbus skinhead dude. Um, but he booked a lot of shows when, when he was younger and, um, you know, brought a lot of bands in and, you know, like kind of a perspective that he sort of gave me about being from, you know, a city like ours was always like, you know, and, and this isn't on some, like, you know, we're from the Midwest, no one ever wants to come out kind of a thing, but like, you know, the, there's a certain amount of, tr- amount of truth to that, you know, like if you're not from like a major city, like New York or Richmond, or, you know, even like some like South Florida or California, you know, where all of these, like, it's like, if you start a band there and you're like, kind of cool, like there's a chances are, even if you're not that good, like people are always going to like hear it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, you know, like being from a place like, you know, Ohio or, you know, just wherever, like you kind of have to work a little extra hard to, to kind of get your name out there. And one thing that was kind of like, that, that he told me that was like really true. He was just like, you know, a lot of bands don't really ever think about this, but like they need our cities. Like they need, like, especially when they're going on these big tours, and this is, and this it may not matter much anymore with like, you know, social media and everything, but at least back then, like touring was essential to, to like, get your music out there it's like have people like the live experience was just as important as like the record and so like you kind of had to like hit a place like columbus or like the smaller bumfuck cities in some of these like flyover states to like just make a few bucks to get to the good state you know what i mean and like you know at that point you know, they realize it's like okay like we're kind of we're still like essential to hardcore even if we're not like putting out like killing times and shit like that and you know we it's you know there's i don't know it, it puts a, a another like layer in thinking of like not that we're necessarily important but you know like we're necessary and i think that you know there's a lot of uh conversation about you know like certain places not being like necessary to to the movement of things happening and you know like it, it's it kind of gives you a sense of pride in where you're from you know like whether you like it or not you need us and if you ever want to like get out to Chicago, you want to go up to Detroit, you have to stop here. And, you know, and there's a good chance we might not like you too. And if we do, you'll have the best time. And if we don't, you'll, you'll have a miserable time. And you'll probably tell all your friends at a miserable time, but yeah, I don't know. Like, like at the end of the day, like I, I have a lot of pride in being from there and, mm-hmm. and having a scene that was like sometimes really good and sometimes like not that great because it was like, at the end of the day, it was like always ours. And, you know, it, it's, we were very outside of like the hype, you know? Yeah. And I, I always uh, think it's awesome when people take pride in their, their home scenes, even if it's not, uh, you know, one of these major scenes like on the coast or whatever, which is, uh, you know, totally fine. Like, you know, I, I'm here in Southern California where uh, it's always thriving. So I, I always feel like I have like a, um, like a skewed perspective and I, I'm always curious because I feel like it's um, it's like, you know, these like major markets where everybody knows like these popular bands are from. I, I feel like that's like easy. Cool. Like everybody knows about that. But I'm like, uh, obviously, like I, I love that and uh, support the the bands from my area um, as much as I can. But I'm always more curious about like the, the lesser known because I'm like, OK, I, I know that these can't be the only talented musicians out there. And I, I want to know about these people who are uh, you know putting in the work to actually want to keep something alive where it's not as um, you know, popular or thriving, where they have to work a little harder. I, I think that's like um, a little more interesting to me. 
yeah i mean yeah i mean like i yeah i mean it's like it's it's cool like i like i really appreciate like like i appreciate like california hardcore like as a whole like i mean i obviously know you guys have like little sex of it but like dude i all of my like 10 of my favorite bands are from like southern california you know it's just like i i could go on for days it's just like you know but i think that you know the difference between like being from somewhere like there and you know somewhere like and you know really anywhere in like a small like a small city or like being a state with like sort of a little chunks of small scenes you know it's just like we end up really having to be excuse me um like a family you know what i mean um and we really like kind of have to support each other i mean there's like i mean so i mean i'm from columbus but i you know i rep like ohio hardcore you know it's just like and for for me and for all of my friends that i came up with that means columbus dayton cincinnati and sometimes toledo and like that is that is our core group like we would go to each other's shows like we would communicate to each other so like we wouldn't book shows in, in our cities on the same date like it was very much like we had to take care of each other so we could like make sure our scenes thrive because we would all go to each other's shows all the time and like you know that was how we that was how we got a lot of people to shows you know when we had everyone from all the cities coming in because we had like maybe a hundred people at most in every city that even knew what hardcore was you know and so i mean like it's so there was like never a time where it's like hardcore here is going to thrive but it was always like it is always going to be our thing because it's so tight-knit and it, it it kind of like it was kind of like a forced pride <laughs> like it's almost like almost an unhealthy arrogance about where we were from because we were so tight with each other you know it was just like like no one can fuck with what we're doing here even if no one else thinks it's good it's and a lot of people didn't think it was good but you know it was it was definitely our thing and I don't know, but that makes it cool, you know, because um, it, it's it's cool, like not having to like need the respect of like other places because we we have respect for each other, you know. Yeah, and I, I think that's really important too because uh, you're going to be dealing with the like you know amongst yourselves like a lot more than you're dealing with like you know the random person on the internet who thinks your scene is like not that cool, you know. Yeah, but. You know, like, yeah, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I find it interesting. So I, I grew up in the Palm Springs area and I, I got into hardcore when I was living out there just, uh, you know, uh, from my older sister and then, you know, uh, kind of navigating through my space and meeting some local people down there who knew about hardcore. But I feel like uh, for me, I, I got to watch it kind of just. Uh, you know, uh, grow into this awesome thing. And then I kind of watched it slowly die, which is sad. Like, I know there's still some people out there who uh, have a band, but they don't do anything because there's no shows. Well, even before um, the the pandemic, there was really no shows going on out there. And it wasn't like it was when I was still living out there. So I, I feel kind of sad to, to just kind of see it wither away. But like, there, there definitely were some like awesome moments. Like I've mentioned on here, my buddy, Steve Kippel, he, would go out of his way to, you know, get these bigger bands to come down and then he would end up having to, you know, pay money out of pocket multiple times, but just to, just to keep our name on the map to, you know, uh, be in like the idea of, um, you know, getting like a date from a tour that's routing like from Arizona or Nevada going up to 
Orange County of the Inland Empire or L.A. So they, they worked really hard. But then, yeah, it just never had like a real venue out there. It was always like churches or YMCA's or there used to be like this uh, random. Uh, it was like this castle, like downstairs, was like a pizza place. But upstairs, was like this empty, like banquet hall that people could rent out. So they're, they're doing the shows there for a while and random warehouses. But it just uh, people just kind of gave up on it because it was just too hard to, to keep it going without a, a legit venue. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, <laughs> like it was so hard for us to keep a venue. And I mean, that's that's really cool. Like then it's funny you talk about the place, the basement it reminds me like one of our one of the the last venues that we kind of had that kind of let us consistently do stuff. So there's just like pizza chain in Columbus called Donato's. Okay. And we there is like one on OSU campus that had like had a basement that will let us book shows there. And so like the majority of the shows like I booked in the last like year I was there was at this like dumbass little pizza shop like in the middle of you know Ohio State University campus. So it's like it would be like me and all of our friends and then like these like weirdo like campus jocks like dipping in there every once in a while and you know it's i don't know like you said you're, you're from palm springs that's where you start going to shows uh well the palm springs area i, I grew up in this city called la quinta okay um what were what were those shows like for you like how, like what 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 time frame is this oh this is like early 2000s so okay. uh uh, I think like the best show that uh, Steve Kibble ever booked was at the castle. It was uh, down to nothing, blacklisted, and cast aside. Uh, like the best show we ever got. That's amazing. Um, we yeah, that's 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 badass. Um, we uh, trying to think. We had we had, we had some we had some pretty cool venues. Um, we had this venue called uh, Carabar, which is my favorite venue that we ever had. Um, and the whole thing with this bar was that all of the shows there were always free uh-huh. and the that would play there, they would get paid out from whatever the bar sales were that night. Um, so, I mean, granted probably a lot of bands that didn't get paid very well because the majority of people going to shows were like very straight edge, but like, you know, it was, it was still a pretty cool concept. And like those shows always had like at least 200 cap people there in a hundred cap room. You know what I mean? Um, and those, I mean, and we had some really, really, really amazing shows. I mean, there was one show in particular that, you know, is, is honestly kind of like infamous in Ohio, but it was like, it was Alpha Omega and Zabalba and I can't remember who else played. Maybe Fire Nice. I don't know. But we, we I mean, we had shows there. We, there's a, sh- um, there's this town outside of Columbus called Newark um, where a bunch of our homies are from. And like, they would always find the most like random venues and like like there was one time we had like a huge like benefit show there um on like a skating rink um you know like austin sparkman like he used to have shows out in barnesville like in his like basement i mean you know there was there 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 were so many places that we would we would do stuff dude actually the best venue in ohio um was this venue in in Cincinnati, I never got to, I never got to go to a hardcore show there, but the best venue there was, uh, this venue called Warsaw arena. It was a wrestling arena and the bands would play in the actual arena and like kids would like jump on the fucking like cords, like do backflips and shit off when it was fucking dope. But I only, I think, I think I saw like stories so far there once, but yeah. 
we also trying to think any other cool venues i don't know we i mean there is another venue that called like bernie's that was on campus that was like a disgusting dive bar but it was like one of those places that you know was like you don't play there like the like you don't play there in columbus like if you're, you're not a real columbus band unless you play to this venue okay place you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and i mean that was a place where like <laughs> it was just the most rowdy mix of people just like these insanely huge like buff face tattoo bald men and then like these scrawny campus jocks coming in and then it would just always turn to like a brawl upstairs and that kind of shit but i don't know there's all there's all kinds of cool shit back then but i don't know and it's weird like I, like have you have you been back to Palm Springs or or the the city you're from like lately? Uh, it's been like maybe a month. Yeah, because one of my best friends um still lives down there. My parents still live down there, so I, I go there uh, at least like once every couple months. Uh huh. So I, what what's it like? Is it still like what's what's the city like now compared to like when you were when you were younger? Oh, it's uh way more developed because uh, I feel like it's um like. Growing up in Palm Springs, it was like really uh, just boring, not a whole lot going on as a kid. But, uh, you know, growing up, moving away and seeing the whole area develop, because I'm like, I live in La Quinta. One city over is Indio, and that's where they host Coachella Fest. So it's like, you know, one of the big, biggest fests in the world. So that like brought like a lot of attention to our area. And then, um, you know, people from like L.A., Orange County, it's like hip to go down to like Palm Springs and there's like Joshua Tree down there and everything. So it, it's, it's weird to see it become like a cool place to go to, uh, you know, when I was younger, you know, I, I would always just I was like dying to get out. But yeah. but it's um, it, it's, it's kind of interesting now because like as an adult looking back and I'm going to visit my parents and I'm hanging out with some friends. I'm like, oh, it's not too bad here. Mm-hmm. But but still, the scene's dead. There's uh, like I said, I have like some friends down there that have a band, uh, but there's just nothing for them to do, and and, and it sucks because I'm I'm sure like uh, there'd be a lot of kids who would be into it, but it's just like I said, it's, it's always been a struggle. The only like real venue there was like outside of like random bars, there was like a like a hard rock, but then that that failed because like business was just bad out there for it. Man. It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting to use the word like developed. Um, Cause, you know, I go back to Columbus maybe like twice a year mm-hmm. now. Um, and, you know, like when I was, when I was like a little kid in Columbus, you know, Colum- like the city was, I don't say like desolate or anything, but, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty rowdy, you know, and it was like, it, it, there was a lot of places that weren't like the best place to be. Um, and, you know, it's, going back now you know it's it's funny like almost like every single one of these venues i've mentioned like don't exist anymore um because of like uh either just getting shut down because of like the shit that happened back in the day or like developers moving in or like just just a lot of gentrification in the city um and so you have like these venues that like like these places that are like almost like historical like monuments for a lot of people in the city um that are like like that place bernie's is like a target now or like you know like carabar got destroyed to become like a highway that is like super part of like redlining in the city and like dividing up neighborhoods and like so i mean it's crazy because columbus became like sort of like how you were saying you know like a lot of people started moving in it's like you don't ever think of this place being like anywhere that anyone would ever care about 
and you know in in Columbus it, it's sort of the same thing you know it's just like as a kid I couldn't all I could ever think about was leaving um and now that I left and I go back and I want to like reminisce a little bit I can't because it's like a tech city now all these like people from like fucking like the bay area are like moving in and like buying up properties and like you know all these developers are destroying shit to put up these you know uh like luxury apartments for people and you know like dude it was crazy last time i was home i just went to a not the last time but one of the last times i was home like before covid i like went to a coffee shop i grew up going to in my old neighborhood and i went in there talking to the owners catching up a little bit and some dude like overhears us and he comes up to me and he's like hey so you're, i heard you're in town visiting and i was just like well yeah um you know i'm originally from this this neighborhood but like i live in new york now and he just like looks at me and all confused looking he's just like oh that's crazy you like don't look like you're from columbus i was just like what i was like where are you from he's like i mean my wife just moved here from san francisco for like sort of like abercrombie and fitch because they have like their headquarters in columbus now and it's just like i know it's just weird like my city's been like overtaken by like fucking like rich people and herbs you know they just like don't know anything like the culture of it and you know it's sort of the other thing about being from a place like that is like the cultures are so much like in the people rather than like these you know it's it's not like we have like there's a bunch of people like coming in to see like the columbus statue of liberty or anything like that you know it's just like it's it's the people that kind of make that city what it is and and there's so many like the majority of that city is not columbus anymore and so i don't know it's really weird going back and seeing that because it's just like even if there's just no one from there like I think I was the, I think there was like me, maybe like three other people that were still going to show up by the time I left that were actually from Columbus that were going to shows there. And after I left, like no one was really booking shows either. So I don't know. It's, it's weird seeing all that happen and that kind of transition in, in your city. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's weird to like think about how that's going to affect, you know, like post COVID, you know, when shows start coming back and everything if, if they do. Um, and like, you know, in some of those smaller cities that are like, you know, cause a lot of developers have been taking advantage of like this time and, you know, kind of seeing like, cause people want to move out of big cities and go to like smaller places like that. So they have more space for cheap. And, you know, it's, it's going to be weird seeing like, like is the next round of kids that like make shit pop there. They like, are they going to be as about like, yeah. Are they going to be like about like being from Columbus? You know what I mean? Like, are they going to, like, are they going to have that same like tight knit, like, like family vibe that we did? Or is that going to be like sort of like Brooklyn where the scene is here is like, there's shit, there's kids from New York here, but it's like, there's like Long Island hardcore. And then there's like, as far as I've noticed, Harry Corrigan is from here. Like I have some friends from the Bronx who are from here. I have some friends who are from Queens who are from here. And some friends from Staten Island who are from here. But like, the majority of the people who are going to shows in Brooklyn are not from here. And like, I'm, I'm curious. It's like, I feel like that's how it's going to be. Like if they start doing shows again. It's just like, it's going to be a bunch of people who aren't from there. Um, which is a very odd feeling to like, look at my home that way, you know? You know, it, it's strange for me because I, uh, you know, obviously I, I didn't grow up in Orange County. I, I moved out here uh, at the end of 2010 and um and it's always uh like for me whenever i go out um even just around town or even when i go to shows 
I don't see people that I grew up with. I don't see people that I went to high school with, you know, like to me, um, like everybody's just a stranger. I'm like, Oh cool. Like I'm in a place where I literally don't know anybody. And, uh, part, part of me like enjoys that. Cause I'd like to, you know, kind of just get in, um, enjoy the show, do my thing and then leave. I, uh, I'm not like super social, but, um, but I, I sometimes still feel like a tourist, you know, cause, cause I didn't grow up out here. So I, uh, tell people that, you know, I, I, I rep Orange County hardcore cause I've, I've lived here for, like I said, since 2010 and, mm-hmm. I, and I, I think it should be okay. I, I don't think I run into anybody who has a problem with me repping Orange County yet, but yeah, but, but it's, uh, it, it's, uh, strange. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, you moving to New York, did you ever have any like apprehension to leave since you worked so hard to, you know, keep the scene alive, to, to bring it back? Um, yes and no. Um, you know, I, I think yes, because I was comfortable. Um, and it was just like, you know, I spent my whole life there, you know, and it's just all my friends were there. Um, but I'm at the same time, like, like, I don't think I ever, I was ever scared to be a tourist. You know, I think I was like actually looking forward to like having, like having a space where like people, the people know me out here. Like I, like I didn't, I came out here with friends and, and stuff like I, I mean, cause I, I visited here a lot before I ended up actually moving out here, but, um, and, uh, but, you know, to answer your question, like my apprehension was, was really just in like kind of being scared to do something new and kind of like do something out of like my comfort zone and, and trying to figure out like, I don't know, just like, like what I want to do with my life, you know, like I didn't really come out here expecting to play in any bands or to really do anything. Um, I was just, I just want to go and just kind of live my life. Um, but, you know, I feel, I feel like the closest thing to any apprehension I've had, and I just want, I, maybe I feel like I should need to go on record and say this. I think the only thing I've ever had any apprehension about, and I actively regret is having New York City on our record <laughs> because I'm not from here and I like never wanted that to be on there and I never wanted anyone at home to feel like I like left them behind or like or not like that but just like just like Max and like I I'm like brand new because uh-huh. I because there's like nowhere on this planet that I love more than Columbus Ohio or the people from there and you know, like it's cool out here, but you know, at the end of the day, it's not my home, you know? And mm-hmm. I mean, I love it here and I want to be here for a long time, but it'll, it'll never be like where I grew up and, you know, and it's, it's very, and it's like clear with like friends, you know, like I have my friends, I have really good friends here, but like there's ever seen like new friends at like this trap in your life and like friends you've had since you were 12 years old and like have seen like all of the shit, you know? Um, and you know so i yeah i don't know i I don't have many like i didn't have many apprehensions about that but i i knew what i was doing was like a good thing but yeah i don't know does that make sense yeah you 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 just want people to know that you still have that pride you didn't give it up when you moved to new york yeah which i feel like a lot of people do um but i yeah i don't know but i I, I mean all my friends know it's just like it was just such a funny thing to to put on a fucking record. Put New York City on a record. I'm literally not from here at all. I think I lived here for eight months. And just for the record, I'm gonna blame AJ for that. It was his idea. 
Okay. So <laughs> blame it on AJ. He, he put it on there, but you know, well, it's always weird to me growing up. It, it was uh, like, it was like this weird stigma to, to staying in the desert. You were labeled as like a desert rat. So everybody wanted to, to, to move away to, to seem a, a little more successful. Right. And um, and and I fell into that trap. I was like, yeah, I got to get out of here. I got to move out to where it's busier. And I had these dreams of, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, anywhere outside of where I live, that's where all the cool people are that I'm like dying to meet. Right. And uh, I, I moved to Orange County. And I quickly realized that, okay, all these uh, dreams that I had of, uh, you know, finally meeting uh, cool people and I'm going to have all these awesome friends like quickly like went away because I, I realized like, wow, like these people are the same, like, like the people back home. These aren't like, the, like a special crop of humans that are just living outside of my hometown. It's like, no, these are, uh, I'm running to the same assholes, the same liars and the fakes uh, out here in Orange County that I was running into back home that I was trying to escape from. So I, I just realized, I'm like, okay, this is, this is fine. Humans are the same everywhere. It's not like, you know, they're hiding these special ones in certain areas. So I, I kind of just kind of gave myself like a reality check, like, okay, maybe um, I just uh, didn't have to move away. Like I'm, I'm happy that I did. It was probably like the best thing for me because I, 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 I feel like I was forced to grow up really fast because I was like, kind of I was out here with like you know like uh, my my old roommate who was my friend at the time. No family. Um, granted, my family wasn't that far away, but just like you know just being out here and like being an adult and having to learn things um, on the fly, it, it was good for me. But um, in all reality, it's like uh, I, I feel like people should probably like appreciate where they come from a little more and like realize that it's not so bad. Yeah. I, you know, that's, it's funny you say that. Um, cause I mean, like what, like just what is, what a, what a hilarious, like rude awakening that is, it, you know, just like, like, how do they say it? Just like never meet your heroes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's so funny that like being in something like hardcore, you know, our heroes are such regular fucking people. Um, like I was reading, what was it? I was listening to rival mob earlier and I was just you ever just sit and read rival mob lyrics no uh, to be honest, I, I i i normally only read them when i listen to them and but i don't think i've ever had like a, just a right, i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna study this it's just, they're just so fucking funny and like you know they're just just probably the, just some of the most ridiculous hardcore lyrics i've ever read in my life i've ever read in my life and mm. just like i think that, that one song i think it's like i think it's like the big big fakes or something but i mean it's, it's pretty much about that you know like you know our our heroes in this weird little space that we're in are the most regular fucking people. I mean, we're all a little tweaked because we listen to like people yell at us for fucking like 30 minutes at a time. And you think it's cool and like fucking run around and punch each other and shit. But I mean, like, you know, like our heroes, like are not anything special. Like they're just like, usually like pretty like just pissed dudes who like probably need therapy and like people who like, I don't know, they're just, they're just our peers and like we put people on such like pedestals because of this weird like i don't know this weird like social hierarchy that exists and you know like and granted like some people are just generally like cool people and you know if, if you but like yeah, i don't want to say this you know, you, you go to these places thinking that like kind of what you're saying, these people like special, like there's something special in the water about these places, you know, and like, you know, great. Like there's definitely interesting fuck. You will eat, meet some interesting fucking people. Um, but that doesn't necessarily make them good people or good people to be in your life. 
and you know like it, it, it it's very i don't know like to me i think it's just fucking funny like thinking about like all of the people i told myself like i had to be around to like be something and realizing that like it's that's just not true you know like you know like i you know i've never been in a huge fucking band and you know like i probably won't ever be in a huge band and that's totally fine you know like i you know but like i that doesn't take away like my experiences that i've had in my spaces and it doesn't take away from the experiences i've had you know like just doing like just doing what i do and like the small scale that i did either you know like i've played in bands since i was 14 years old i've been touring since i was 15 years old and like even though i'm never like played a fucking sold out tour like i had amazing times with my friends and like getting to go places i never got i would never have seen if it wasn't for getting into music you know like growing up as like a poor kid like you don't go on vacations you know like but you play in these DIY bands and you're like, all of a sudden you're in a van, like going to these cities and states that like your parents can never take you to, you know what I mean? And so like the definition of, of success changes a lot when you understand that like these people who you think are amazing and you put on these high pedestals and this isn't, and I'm really not thinking about anyone in particular, but it's just like, kind of a general thing it's just like you realize they're just they're not shit and like just like you're not and you know it's it's a very it's a very humbling thing realizing that like wow none of us are shit like in the grand scheme of things no one really likes our music except for the people who like hardcore which is like at most in one city like three to four hundred people next to like probably close to a million people that live in a city you know what I mean? Like, no one likes this shit. Like, the only, like, you have to be some kind of fucking special to, like, have anyone really give a fuck about what you're doing. And I kind of, I think once you, like, kind of get to that point with what you're doing, it's just, like, kind of, be, kind of becomes fun again. I feel like when you get caught up in, in the cool shit and, like, being around what will, like, get you places, it, it kind of, like, makes it not fun for a while, you know? Like, makes it like stressful and there's like pressure to it and you like have to like be something you're not you know like and it sucks it's a really it's a really shitty feeling because it's just like you kind of aren't being yourself you know I, I totally get what you're saying and uh, i i, I I, I realized at an early age because I, I and I've talked about this before on the podcast. I I got bullied in middle school, mm-hmm. and I I I quickly realized like okay if I have to give up playing my PlayStation two to have people like me like I don't I don't want people to like me I want to play tech and tag tournament I want to play the bouncer I want to play all that all the, these games that I that I enjoy so I'm like okay uh, this, this tech and tag tournament is the best Tekken game amazing dude tech and bowling are you kidding me dude I know I'm <laughs> trying to get those turkeys all day um, <laughs> but um yeah, so I was like, okay, I was like, not everybody's gonna be into this, but I was like, I was like, at some point in my life, I'll meet people who like what I like, and it'll be fine, right? So uh, I, I I used to hang hang out with, with these like group of dudes out here in, in Orange County, and 
not, not all of them, uh, but the, this one guy in, in particular, he, he, he like really wanted to like be popular. And I'm like, dude, okay. You want to be popular in hardcore? That's the weirdest thing. And, and he, he, he just wanted people to like him. And I'm like, dude, just, just be yourself and you're fine. I was like, just trust me. Not everybody's going to like you and that's okay. Like you don't, you don't want to be the guy that everybody likes. Cause there's definitely something wrong with that, with those kinds of people. Right. So, uh, but, and I just wanted to like shake him. I'm like, dude, you are a good person. You're fine. You're cool. Like you don't have to try to be cool to, to feel cool. If that makes sense. And, and it, and it just bums me out that, that people um, to this day, like adults, uh, you know, people in our space just can't be comfortable in their own skin. And, mm-hmm. and that just, um, that, that just boggles my mind. Cause I, I couldn't imagine, you know, um, trying to navigate through the day, which is already hard enough, right? Life is already hard enough, but mm-hmm. to, 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 to not be comfortable in your own skin and to want to try to get people to like you, that that's just, that's just sad to me. Yeah. I mean, cause I, you know, I think what, what, is the worst part of it is that like people don't understand that they're hindering themselves from experiencing things that they actually like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they're, they think they have to be this like fucking whatever. And it's just like, you know, whether it's just like, they're trying to be like tough and they're trying to like be like, they like think they have to like fight or like, you know, people thinking they like, or like, I don't know, whatever, like whatever their, their shit is, you know, it's just like, it's like, dude, like, have you ever like considered like, it's like reading a book or like, you know, just like, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't even say it like trying to like sound like funny or like mock anyone. It's just, you know, like, like people stop themselves from like really trying new things. Like there's this, uh, there's like old Henry Rollins interview. And this was, this was, you know, a big thing for me when I moved out to New York about how what I thought about when I came out here where he was talking about, you know, after he left black flag, um, how, you know, like, and if you ever like watched those interviews or like listened to him talking back then or talk about that time, you know, like dude was a jock, you know, like dude was getting into fights and he was doing a lot of shit and it was, it was a rough time. And like, but I mean, afterwards, you know, like he talked about, you know, he would get these opportunities that he didn't get before just because of being in that band. And like, people would talk to him about like, Hey, you want to be in this movie or like, Hey, you want to come and, you know, like do this talk or, Hey, you want to come and like, maybe like sing on our song, but just like, you know, all these different little things. And every time someone asked me to do something, you just say, yes. He talked about being a yes man um, because, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to be able to experience new things and he now has the opportunity to like have these experiences and so like he doesn't know what he likes or doesn't like because he's never tried it and you know like and, and and he's you know i feel like when you're kind of comfortable with yourself you're okay with trying new things and not liking it because you don't really care if what people are going to think about you as long as it doesn't like get out of your own like moral code or your own like line of ethics like i think you know like that's cool and, you know, but it's really weird seeing people like that don't know shit about shit, like judging people for like what they're doing that just makes them happy. And like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call them out, but I mean, like, you know, I've literally had a friend like make fun of me for reading a book, you know, wow. <laughs> like in the last like two years. And, you know, like that's, that's, you know, it's just funny. Like, you know, you, you don't, like let people be and you know like give people like the space to 
to learn and, and try some things and like not get stuck in this little box. And, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, I don't know. Like I got into this shit thinking that it was all about like finding, like finding yourself and, and being an individual and, you know, like experiencing life, how you want to experience it. And, you know, like there's a lot of people who like don't want it to be that. And I don't know, like, I, like, I, I don't know, like there's so many different kinds of people that are involved in hardcore or, or just like sub, you know, just, just subculture as a whole that, you know, that are just so much more than just that subculture, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I really feel like people need the space to be able to be all of those things. You know, I, you know, one thing that I've really started to find interesting about a lot of people that I know, I mean, like, cause most of my friends are like older, you know, like they're, you know, they don't really have as much time to go to like every single show or don't have as much time to like dedicate to bands. You know, they have families, they have, you know, just like passions and, but it's really cool seeing people that like take what, you know, I would say like the ethics I learned from like something like hardcore and, you know, about, especially like said doing things like yourself, like people like taking like just the drive that you get from, you know, people that used to book their own tours, people that used to like print their own merch, people that, you know, used to record their own bands and, you know, they would, they would do everything. And it's just like, they took that into like starting businesses or took that into like working their way up in companies or took that to like really pushing it into being like, artists or you know just really like taking those same ethics and it's just like everything about them is still 100 hardcore but it's just they're just putting that energy towards like something else and i'm finding that really interesting about people and like you know it's it's you know i don't think that necessarily means like being a dropout either i think you know it's just like letting yourself have the just giving yourself the space to grow and you know like as much as we all want we can't be fucking like 21 like doing backflips forever you know yeah i i I wish i could uh you know be that person that hits every fest uh in the u.s going to multiple shows a week uh you know and i i try my best to to um to obviously support locally first because obviously that's what i have to deal with and what's important to me so i i want to support what's going on out here as much as i can uh, you know, try to put on for the bands, uh, you know, roll out to shows or just, um, you know, just try to spread awareness. And then, um, you know, then I, I feel like it, it's nice to be able to, you know, to venture out, you know, fly across the U.S. to go to a fest like FYA uh, mm-hmm. and support, uh, you know, the, the scene out there and also to see bands from back home playing that fest. I I, I think is awesome. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like I've uh, I, I never really knew I was going to be like a lifer when it came to hardcore. It was just something that. I was really interested in when I got introduced to it by my sister. I was like, Oh, this is like really cool. Uh, I'm definitely, you know, digging the, like the music and the, you know, straight edge was something that I found really early on and still important to me to this day. Um, and it's just something that's always been there. And like, I feel like there was like, you know, a couple points where I wasn't sure like how it was going to turn out. Uh, you know, cause like all my friends that I started going to shows with, uh, stopped going or they just kind of got into this weird, like, uh, like I guess like this weird like era of hardcore that they just that's all they listen to they don't want to hear anything new because they just swear nothing's ever going to be as good as what uh, you know came before or people just sold out and just disappeared 
and mm-hmm. I, I just kind of had to realize like okay cool like I, I really love this maybe I love it a little more than the people that I started it with but I don't want to give it up just because they did because it still means something to me so I I just had to like kind of just navigate and just uh, find ways to stay involved and you know try to stay uh, relevant with like you know knowing uh, current bands and uh, you know uh, trying to figure out what was going on in other states just to you know just be able to help keep it alive yeah for sure and you know like I feel you know I feel like the older we get and we realize that like you know we can't hit every fast and we can't hit every like show as much as we want to it's just like and we can't dude, we can't even fucking mosh like we used to you know what I mean it's just mm-hmm. like I, you know it's it's funny it's just thinking about you know not at the importance of of what hardcore is in your life changes, but how how it change like how that importance works in your life changes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like it's it's still it's still important, like it's still a priority, but it's just like not necessarily like the end all be all. You know, like I've literally quit jobs to go to shows, you know? Like like I like I I remember like being a dishwasher at that restaurant, had my friend call my restaurant pretending to be my roommate and saying that our house got broken into me and shit stolen i needed to come home immediately to talk to the police so i could go see like i don't know probably like cold world in cincinnati you know what i mean and it's just like like i'm not doing that anymore you know like i have to i gotta fucking pay my rent you know uh-huh. you know it's i don't know like like straight edge you know i've been straight edge for for seven years and you know the importance of that has is is still just as if not more important to me now than it was when i was 19 but why it's important to me is completely different you know like i you know like for me that's like my straight edge date is like my sobriety date and so like that is me like like i i literally claimed edge so i wouldn't relapse and like for me that was like me telling myself if i break edge i'm literally like like I, i'm a, i'm a bitch i can't fuck then i just like i can't there's no there's no purpose for me to like do shit so it's just like at this point you know like being straight edge is, is a little bit of like a second thought and it's really more about like the sobriety but like you know it's still i know i wouldn't have been able to stay sober if i if i didn't mm-hmm. know about it i didn't find that um like hardcore is like I used to kind of we're talking about earlier, you know, like caring about, you know, like being around cool people, being a cool person, like trying to be social, knowing everybody and like, you know, like that whole fucking thing. And like, you know, at this point, like I'm kind of on your tip, dude, I really don't talk. I mean, I talk to a lot of people, I still have my friends, but like, you know, like I think especially like this year, I got really comfortable with myself and like, you know, going to shows, I really like going by myself and then leaving by myself, say hi to people. And like, but you know, it's just, it's just really for me, you know, I, I go because I want to be there and it's really not about like any of the social aspects of it. I really, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me anymore. And, you know, like it's, and it's kind of nice, really refreshing. It's kind of, it's kind of refreshing being able to be like, like got kind of being at a point where I'm just like, okay, like I don't like all of this. I know at the end of the day is just because I want to do it. And for no other reason, like I don't, I, I don't have anyone to impress. I don't have anything to do. Like at this point, the only thing 
I care about really is making music that I want to hear, I think is up to a standard that I keep for myself. And you know, that like, yeah. And I'm, I'm saying what I, what I feel like needs to be, needs to be said out of my own mouth. Um, but like, whether I care, like whether or not people like hear it and they get it, I don't care. You know, um, I, I kind of also get stuck and like your friends, I kind of also get stuck listening to like the same shit from the same, from a, a particular era. But, you know, I, I try to break out of that sometimes. I think it's good to like know what your peers are doing. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's um, it, like important to, to know the, the history, but also to know that uh, there are bands currently that sound uh, just as good or maybe even better than those bands that you swear by, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. There are some fucking good bands out right now. Um, like, yeah, but I definitely get, I definitely get stuck in just like, I get, yeah, I just, I get stuck in phases where I just can't listen to anything, but like anything that came out between like 2006 and 2010, you know, I just like, but that's, I don't know. That's just me though. Um, yeah, I, I totally get that. I, I have this, uh, title fight playlist. Uh, uh-huh. And it's like it's literally the the set list from the last show they played in 2018, and I'm just like, you know, I'll I'll, I'll turn that on. I'm just like, all right, one day, hopefully th- they'll come back and do something fun. Uh, so there's there? th- you know there's definitely those bands that uh, you, you just can't get away from, you know. Mm-hmm. Were you there? No, dude, I wish. No, I I've, I've never uh, traveled that far to see Title Fight. I. That's a, that's such a crazy band to think about how much of an impact they had on like a whole generation of kids, you know, just like hardcore and beyond. Uh-huh. Like I remember, dude, I I don't remember what what was that little little four song thing they put out after Four Green. Um, You're talking about the uh, this uh, the springtime or the yeah 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 uh-huh. like spring songs yeah um, and dude I remember just like just chilling in like my house, just like listening to the radio, I was like doing chores or some shit. I wasn't doing chores. I was, I was a fucking adult, but like I was, <laughs> but I mean, like I was like in my, I was, I think I was just in my crib. Or, like I was in like a car or something. I remember, but I fucking heard a song off of spring songs on the radio. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I was tripping. I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why is like, why is this band that like I hold so like near and dear to my heart, like being played on like regular ass, like radio right now. And, you know, it's like, they got so big, but they got so big playing like music that was just so them. Uh-huh. True. Like, and, and it's, it, and it's so commendable seeing how, like, not just how they were, they weren't afraid to transition, but they also weren't afraid to do what they wanted to do, knowing that no one else wanted them to do what they were trying to do. And then people got on board anyways. Yeah. Like not a lot of people can do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, people re- like that's a hard fucking thing to do. And every single record affected people so much differently. It affected people who were with them since the first shit coming up, you know, like, and I feel like there are people who like, there are people who got into them with every record, you know, like, I think I heard them for the first time, like right before uh what's the what's the first full length called um the last thing you forget 
No, that's the no. compilation the, uh, with Shed on it. Is it just Shed? Shed. Yeah, Shed. Record. Okay, Shed. yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I heard it, I heard them for the first time right before Shed came out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, that was, that was just the best band ever to me. It, like, made me, it's, they weirdly made me think about how I played guitar different. You know, like, made me think about music differently. It made me, like, think about how I write lyrics and like, you know, it just, it, it, and it did that to so many fucking people. How many, dude, all those fucking run for cover bands out at the same time as them. Every time they would do a new record that sounded different, every other band would change. <laughs> like every other band was trying to just like keep up with them. It was crazy. To, it was just crazy. And, you know, like, you know, and it's, well, what's, what's the point I'm trying to make? It's just like, you know, I, I just think it's so healthy to give yourself the space to grow. And, I, you know, I think that's really the the end take I really want. I, I, I care about where I am in my life. You know, it's just like people need like and, you know, it's like that's the biggest band in hardcore. You know, True. I, whatever yeah. anyone, I don't care anyone says they're a hardcore band. Uh-huh. That's the first time I saw them. They said we're title fight. We're a hardcore band. They have they have breakdowns. They're a hardcore band. Like I saw people fucking mosh to that band, you know, in fucking 2010 or whatever it was, you know, like can't take that away. Like this is the biggest band in hardcore and they did it doing everything that they wanted to do with no compromises. And I think that is the coolest fucking thing ever. Cause I also had the best hardcore bands too, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, that's all I want for people just like, and I hope people like figure that out this year that like whatever they think they have to be, they don't. Yeah, like, yeah. This year's uh, well, not uh, not speaking of twenty twenty one, but like all of twenty twenty. I, I hope it, people kind of gain new perspective on just their lives because obviously not everything is guaranteed. Uh, I, I know so many people who are affected in are uh, affected in many different ways by um, what happened in the world, and I, I just want people to, to to realize that yeah, like you know, uh, like even hardcore shows aren't guaranteed. Uh, you know, these tours aren't guaranteed I mean, even bands breaking up and stuff. Um, it's just, I, I just want people to just realize that um, we're all here for a short period of time. Um, you know, right now, who knows, maybe we could uh, uh, live forever in the future, but right now it's just, uh, you know, just, it's like a blip in time. And just, I, I just want people to just try to maximize their happiness. And, and then sometimes, um, and for me, I, I even had to learn to be a little selfish and realize to, you know, kind of put myself in my feelings my happiness before other people's because um I, I used to do stuff just because i, I didn't want to like disappoint my friends or my family but it, it got to the point where I'm like man is this even worth it like you know trying to keep them happy when i'm not even happy like you know doing like these things i mean dude 2020 fucking whopped my ass <laughs> in so many different ways i mean like just talking about you know so i mean just, I mean, just the start of the year, you know, when everything happens, like my dad's birthday is March 14th. Everything oh. shut March 15th. Uh-huh. I, like I went down, I was driving to Columbus to go surprise my dad for his birthday, show the door, knock on the door. And I'm just like, yo, what up dad? Like just fucking crying and shit. Like trying to do the whole fucking like video surprise. Your dad shit. Was like, we're going to hang out all week and do a bunch of birthday shit. Next day world is over. It has ended. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, look like mr crabs and you just like everything's shaking and shit and i'm just like dude what the fuck am i supposed to do so then like my dad got sick i got sick like my first week there 
And like in Ohio, they weren't testing people. And like, they also, and my dad's like in the age range of like high risk. So like they like, and he's trying to, we're trying to get them tested. And like, they wouldn't fucking like, they told us like, yeah, they're, they're testing on OSU campus, but they like, won't, we can't tell you like where kept like find it and it's just like all this crazy shit and it was just dude it was unreal and you know like how that ended up translating into you know how it affected like my relationships with people you know like when you know like everything started happening you know like after uh like brown and taylor and george floyd you know just like all the protests like that was an extremely like heavy time you know like um and it just it, it, it was this was a year that just put a lot in perspective, you know, like with what I feel like I am need to do for myself to keep myself like sane and happy. And, you know, like also what I, what I need to do in terms of, you know, like the world in a greater scale and, you know, like really, you know, under like, you know, just accepting like, yo, like I have, all of this access to all of this knowledge and I don't take advantage of it. Like there's a lot of intelligent, there's a lot of conversations I can't have because I simply like have not, I just haven't read up, you know, I, you know, and it's, you know, talking about, you know, like the real like depths of, you know, like what, you know, systemic oppression really looks like. And, you know, like, and trying to figure out like what I can do as you know a, a citizen that can vote as has like the the privilege to vote you know like what i can do with that you know like understanding what exactly i'm voting for understanding what a two what a two-party system in a capitalist society really looks like you know understanding you know like all these different little facets you know talking about like how gentrification really affects cities you know talking about you know like what redlining is and like how you know like taxing on properties like how that affects different parts of like communities and why certain communities are in some places and certain communities are in others you know like you know just just really kind of like narrowing down what it all really is and it was a it was a sobering moment um knowing that i know just just finally accepting how much I don't know. Um, you know, like I really had to spend a lot of time this year just fucking learning um, on my own. And it's, I don't know, dude, it's been, it's been rough, you know, like, like, I don't know how it was out. I mean, I saw a lot on TV and was like on like, you know, fucking Instagram videos and shit. So, I mean, like, I don't know how it was in Orange County, but it was kind of fucked out here in Columbus, it was fucked, you know, like, it was, it was, it was dark, you know, like, I ended up getting, like, arrested, like, my, one of my first nights, like, well, actually, my first time I went out protesting this year, and, you know, like, I have in my life, like, a history of, like, dealing with police brutality, and, like, so that was a very, like, that was a very, like, crazy, that was one of the, that was probably one of the, in the top 10, like, craziest moments of my entire life you know what i mean um and like you know but but you know that all the all effects like 
where I am now and a lot of like just accepting like, yo, I, I need to grow. Like not only do I need to like allow myself the space to grow, but I just need to accept like, yo, I like, I need to grow. You know, I can't stay in this little box anymore. And I really need to let myself kind of like get out of this a little bit. Um, and it's been good, you know? So how has it been this year with, uh, I know right now things are starting to trend in um, like the right direction where things are getting better when it comes to the the whole um, pandemic. Uh, Cause out here um, numbers are dropping uh, more and more people are getting vaccinated every day. Uh, so for you out there, um, like have things gotten better? Are you starting to see like you know, the light at the end of the tunnel? Um, in what regard? Uh, just, I'm uh, just, uh, just living out there and being able to kind of, uh, have that room to grow and go out and try to, uh, have new experiences. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, like I, I think one thing for, for me in, in 2020 and like, I'm going to add 2021 too, is that, you know, like, I think the thing that some of the things that really kept me sane this last year was just like really, really kind of like diving back into my own personal roots a little bit of what I like and what kind of remembering like why I do anything that I do. Um, and so like got really, really back into just like straight up punk music, you know, just like, like remembering is just like when I was 12 and heard minor threat for the first time, I, listened to that band for like four years and had no idea what straight edge was. I just liked how fast it was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I got into that band through skateboarding. And to me, those two go hand in hand of just like energy. It's just letting out energy. And so all I've been doing is skating and listening to music and fucking like taking photos and like getting into like, I don't know, I'm not going to say I'm getting into art because I'm not an artist, but like, but getting into just like allowing myself to, to create in ways outside of just playing my guitar, you know, like, and, and you know, so for me, like a light has just been like, just being okay with doing what I kind of can do right now. Um, like I've, I've done a pretty good job of like, not like watching old live shows and like getting myself like all the bumps. I can't wait for shows to come back. Cause like, you know, there's a good chance that like, it's some might be a really long time before we can do, you know, what we used to, if we ever will, you know, who knows what it's going to be like when venues open up, you know, like, cause I mean, I'm, I'm sort of under the, the impression for myself that like, you know, if venues open up and like shows like they're like, yeah, your bands can play but like people can't touch each other. You know, that's like a very big possibility. And just like, there's a, you know, like, are you really trying to go see terror and you can't stage dive? Like, I like straight up, like, you know, like, are you really trying to like go see any of these bands that you like and knowing that the show will get shut down if you touch another human being? Like those are very, like, that's, a, that's a very real possibility. And I, I, can't there's no fucking way it's just like i i know i can't there's i i would it would be not only a disservice to to myself but it'd be a disservice to the bands that are playing because it's like not like hardcore isn't about 
like fuck all the social shit fuck all of the stuff we've talked about like hardcore is literally about the live show that's what it's about and like if you can't have that i there's no point for me and i like i i don't know like i'm like i have music i want to put out and i'm gonna put out but like i if i can't do if i can't have what i used to have in the live setting like i might never play a hardcore show again you know and like that's i think there's a lot of people who like haven't really thought about that and like maybe it's not maybe i, sh- I shouldn't say that so out loud but like that's that's something that's really been on my mind like i just like if i can't do what i used to do like there's i can't keep playing because i'll i like i just have to keep my memories you know i'd be really surprised if somebody or if a hardcore band would agree to play a show like that because that just seems absurd to me because I, I can't imagine going to a hardcore show and act like i'm at in like a, in a an acoustic show and just stand there you know but I mean, like venues might, that, that might be what's up, you know, like. Yeah. So I have tickets to a show that's supposed to happen in LA in May. It's like a K-pop band. I'm playing the forum, which is like a bigger venue. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, it's just normal. There's, um, I haven't gotten any emails or anything about weird restrictions or, you know, getting put in like our own boxes. So I, I'm really curious to see how it's going to play out or if it's even going to happen. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Like, I mean, I've been to like bars here with like DJs playing, and there's signs that say like you can't dance. It's just, so, it's, just, it's just weird. Now, and like this, you know, I I just don't. I don't know, man. Like, you know, I'm sure people will like start doing like illegal shows and shit like that, um, which I I'd be pretty down for. But I, uh, I don't know. Now I'm curious. You're going to these bars to socialize, or are you just uh, get food, or? No, I just, I have friends. Dude, like, come on, man. I live in New York. Everyone else drinks. Like, I, I you know, like, uh-huh. like I, you know, like I have friends that are like, like that I skate with that are like DJs and shit. And okay. like, like, come see me play, and I'm just like, all right, and I'll go, and I'm just like, and I'm just sitting there, you know, um, but. No, if you're asking if I'm like drinking or anything, no, I'm not. <laughs> but no, 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 I'm sorry, and I'm not trying to get you to admit to drinking. No, I mean, like, are, are you going out like to the bar and actually like socializing, even though like we're still in like the pandemic? Um, sometimes. I mean, like you know, to like, I mean, bars like don't really have like indoor like seating or anything right now. Like sometimes okay. we're mm-hmm. grabbing combo with them. Um, you know, but like. There's there is like a small time where like bars were actually bars are open right now I think maybe I don't know where they go but you know people are I don't know people are like performing there and like doing shit and I think it was October I went and saw like my friend DJ at a bar and there was like three of us in the entire place that's crazy so, <laughs> <laughs> like um so yeah don't. It's like, yeah, it's like I'm going like any of these like packed bars like they're doing in like Florida or something. It's mm-hmm. just like, there's like four people in this entire place and I'm just like sitting in this room this like 10 feet away from this DJ playing to like no one, you know? I love Florida for the record. I I was there in October and I will be back in October. Dude, I'm, I'll be there in <laughs> a fucking couple of weeks. I love Florida. What are you doing out in Florida? I'm curious. 
Uh, I'm gonna go skate, go see some people, see my, see my shorty. Yeah, let's go hang. Okay, hell yeah, that's sick. Um, you, you briefly mentioned um, you know uh, writing music. Uh, I'm curious uh, when it comes to the answer. Has there been any movement um, since the demo came out? Have you guys gotten together to write anything new, or are you guys just on pause? Yeah, I mean like, so you know, 2021. I mean, 2020 is like obviously like fucked everybody. Um, because mm-hmm. I mean, we had like a bunch of because like literally like starting in March, we were supposed to like. We wanted to do like a short for like twice to make and like we had uh some we had a bunch of shows planned and we were, there was like talks about doing like a little west coast run uh with like bj maybe and then like all, everything obviously like stopped um so we kind of just like chilled on everything and you know just sort of took the year off and you know whatever happens happens um but we actually recorded a song um in december it's going to come out on a compilation um sometime the next few months whenever i don't know but um are you allowed to say which compilation because i know there's a few i i don't i don't know if i can say but i'll I'll just say it's coming out on a compilation okay for sure i you know there's not that many so i'm sure people can um, maybe figure it out but okay hell yeah that that's awesome you guys can guess y'all can ponder you know Mm -hmm. i don't think think not many people really are that are that curious but but no we've been talking and you know, we're actually, we're getting together on Sunday. We're going to start getting together. We're, I think we're, I don't think it's too early to say this. We, we, I think we're going to try and do an LP this year. Um, and you know, like I have a lot of shit I want to talk about, you know, like written a lot of, we've been writing a lot of songs. Um, and so it's like kind of going to bring them to the table. We can all like piece them apart. You know, like me and AJ have talked a lot about, you know, like, like AJ is like, super like super like political person and like really like we, we really want to not that we're trying to make it like a political record or anything but there's a lot of subjects we want to talk about that there's a lot of things we want to say and mm-hmm. i think i honestly i'm pretty stoked we took the year off and gave ourselves kind of a chance to like kind of experience some shit and because there's a i think there's quite a bit to to talk about right now whether it's stuff going on in the world or in our own lives um and and yeah I don't know. i'm i'm still so start writing you know just make music and push it out you know mm-hmm. yeah no I'm, I'm happy to hear it and i'm really curious to hear what you guys have to say because i i think it's uh really cool when bands actually uh take the time and actually um want to make a statement and uh, you know kind of put some actual meaning behind their songs because you know sometimes it's fun just to listen to some you know whatever songs that really have no meaning because it can just be fun um whatever but when there's like some you know actual meaning that you can actually take away and uh you know get some gain some new perspective i i always think that, that that's really awesome yeah and like i i think you know i i really appreciate bands especially right now that are trying to are just trying to like say something, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I think lyrics are important. Um, I think, you know, next to like the energy of, of a live setting, you know, like I think what, what separates hardcore the most, especially at this point from any other genre is, excuse me, is the lyrics. And it's about, you know, talking about real things that happen in your real life. And, you know, it's not metal. We're not talking about fucking like, demons and sorcerers you know it's we're not talking about fucking like 
you know, I mean, sometimes people talk about sex, but I mean, like we're not talking, it's not like drug, sex and rock and roll. You know, it's like, you know, it's like rap is you're talking about just like the realities of your life. And, you know, there aren't, it doesn't always necessarily have to be poetry and doesn't always necessarily have to be, you know, like, I don't know, something that, you know, people need to like read and digest and break apart. Like, you know, but it's, you know, but it needs to be honest. And I don't know. And that, I will say that is a gripe. I'm, I'm that is a gripe. I have a lot of bands. Like I feel like I read their lyrics and it just doesn't feel honest to me. Um, but like, you know, you listen to a band like Regulate or, you know, like, I don't know who's another band out right now that I like what they have to say. Um, I don't know, Akulu or something like that. Like, uh-huh. I think those are, I think those are bands that like, just like talk their talk and like, you know, you, you believe them. I, I think it's good to believe what someone has to say. Cause it makes you feel like you're, it makes you feel like you're part of it. And I, I'm going to say specifically regulate. I think Sebastian with what he says is so, he has, he has, he can say something that is so powerful. You know, you talk about it, you think about that song, like, anti-spectrum you know where he's talking about uh he's talking about what it's like to grow up as a person of color and sort of like the identity issues you can have from people telling you what you should and shouldn't be and you know kind of like having like finding like the self-respect and you know sort of the self-love to like be like this is who i am whether you like it or not and you know especially being a person of color in music and being from a place like Ohio, which was a predominantly white place, like I had a lot of those issues and it took me a long time to be able to like find that kind of confidence. And I know there's a, there's a lot of people, I've had a lot of conversations with people, especially this past year who have, who have felt that same way. And like, I think it's really important to be able to talk about that stuff because there aren't a lot of bands who do. Um, you know, there's a lot of bands that talk about hating the police, but like not from like the perspective of like, just like, a young, like, you know, black kid who is like, you know, he's black and Latino, but you know, there's a young like black kid who's like walking to school, like sagging his pants, getting stopped and harassed by the police every day. You know, like a lot of people have never experienced like that. And you know, I think he brings a perspective that, I think that's a better word than what I, than what I was saying earlier. I think perspective is so important. And I think people, I think there's a lot of bands who don't really share their perspective and instead just like share like general statements, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I, I don't know. I think it's really important to talk about like your perspective and I don't know. I hope I can do that with what we, what we, what we do. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's important too, because, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, won't ever have those experiences. So to, to, to be able to hear it, um, you know, and get a firsthand take, I uh, probably could open up like a lot of people's eyes and realize that, uh, you know, they'll never experience what you guys have gone through and, you know, maybe give them some, some new uh, perspective on that situation. Uh, are, are you familiar with the band from out here called, uh, Zulu? Yeah, that's, uh, that I'm not going to call him my homie, but the dude, I'm just calling him the homie, Anaya. Yeah. From, yep. Uh-huh. Yep. That band? Mm-hmm. 
does like the little, the little like fucking Michael Jackson footwork during the set, right? He'll yeah. Split some- yeah. That, I- you know, like that kid listens to this. I don't know if you're his friend. If that kid listens to this, that dude is an ill skater. Okay. I didn't know he's, that. He's so fucking good at skateboarding. Like, I I don't know when I'm going to be in California next. I want to skate with that kid so bad. So if now you're listening to this, hit me up. I want to fucking skate with you. Okay. Well, we'll put that out there and hopefully um, he does hear it. But yeah, I, I feel like Zulu is um, uh, like uh, like an, an interesting band out here, you know, kind of pushing that, you know, um, black empowerment and, uh, you know, uh, they're dropping, uh, uh, you know, saying the N word during their sets. And I'm just like, wow, this is this is insane. But it's cool to see them to, you know, to be proud and, you know, not be afraid to show it and um, have it, you know, be important to have, uh, you know, uh, members be um, you know people of color so i i think they're awesome and, and even their sound too it's, it's really interesting so it's it's fun to have them around and I, i'm glad that they're doing it yeah absolutely you know i think it's you know i think representation is really important you know i think that and i don't think that all that necessarily means you need to like be in like an all poc band or an all black band or some shit like mm-hmm. that you know, for people who are you know like i got there's a band from columbus called minority threat and they fucking rock and it's like all like day one homies for me and you know it's all black hardcore band fucking rules and they talk about all kinds of shit and like they do the same you know on the same tip as like zulu um but you know like but i I think it's good i think representation is really important you know i think like having people speak up for you is really important because like you know there's there's a lot of people that go unheard you know i think of like you know walter from from riding out you know like he talks about a lot of issues and like even you know you know and you know, that's another person talking about perspective you know talking about you know like what it was like to live in with an abusive parent or like you know talking about issues you know probably the most like in-depth song about you know like his issues with christianity i've ever heard you know like like in, in a hardcore song, at least, you know, it was just like, it was very personal to him. I mean, I think of like minority unit and what that was. That was a whole band about representation and they fucking, it was like Wu-Tang Clan, dude. Yeah. There's so many niggas in that fucking band. And, but, you know, I think, I think it's cool. I think it's really cool that we're in an era where like, I think it's like, where it's like kind of a, it is cool to talk about your specific perspective. And I think there's a lot more space for people to listen and not just write it off as like, Oh, that's just like the whatever band. You know what I mean? It's just like that's just like oh, they're just like a black band or like writing shit or just like what other like Kulo when they wrote that song, like, oh, that's just like that, like, you know, that band, you know what I mean? Um and like I don't know. I, I think it's cool to have people like speak up for you. Um and you know, I don't think it all always necessarily even has to be people speaking up for you, but just like speaking on their experiences and hopefully like you can relate or just like understand where someone else is coming from and someone else's like position and kind of like helps you understand like your own position as well you know there's a lot of people in hardcore that don't come from like bad situations you know and you know they're around a lot of people that do or you know like doesn't always have to be like the best and the worst or anything like that but you know like you know, everyone has their own backgrounds and, you know, there's always room to like understand where, where people are coming from with, with why they think the way they do and why they act and why they feel, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I definitely agree. 
And it's always nice to be able to uh, to have it there and to be able to have a conversation. But uh, for me, sometimes it gets weird when it feels like uh, there's like a competition to, to see who's like, you know, had more struggle growing up or, you know, they're, they're trying to like, it seems like sometimes they're kind of, kind of putting it out there too much to kind of just like have like this weird like, um, like brag about, you know, growing up in a bad neighborhood or, um, you know, being poor or having rough or whatever. But I'm just like, dude, like. Like, like, like we all have our own struggles um, and, and I get that, but it's just like to, to try to, um, you know, uh, I just put it out there to kind of like try to compete with other people's struggles. It's just so weird to me. Yeah. The, 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 the age old competition of whose hood is the worst mm-hmm. is, is always fun. Um, I've been to a lot of hoods. They're all bad. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's not like one's better because it's like, it's worse, you know, it's like, no, like, and everybody's trying to get out of that. So it's just like, yeah, it's, just, it's so strange to me. Um, I think there's like a discernible, I, you know, I think, I think people have like a discernible eye for like, if someone's talking about it in the sense of like, they're trying to be like, yo, I come from, I come from like fucking wherever. And so I, I'm hard as fuck. And then there's also people who are just like, you know, these are the struggles that I had. And this is like what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? I think think it's, you know, I think for the most part, it's pretty easy to discern like what people are trying to say when they're talking about it. You know what I mean? And, you know, like most of the people who are on that shit, you know, like, you know, I don't, I don't think it's usually easy to tell like someone's like how genuine they're really being about what they're trying to say. And I think it's also a nice thing about hardcore is that like, it's really hard to be like, fake and 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 go very far you know yeah because you're gonna get called out at some point you know it it can only go on for so long yeah i mean yeah exactly like you like at a certain point someone from somewhere is going to someone from like your past and be like dog that just didn't happen Uh you know like that just that never actually happened and you're gonna be fucking salty like when all these people are like like bro why did you like lie about that you know yeah but. it's weird when like somebody will just like uh, something bad will happen at like their their hometown or wherever they're at and they'll just like pick up and go to like another scene and act like um, nobody's gonna know because it's like dude like we're all connected through social media everybody knows everybody so for them to think that they could just kind of like disappear and try to go somewhere new and not be called out for you know uh whatever it, it's uh kind of funny to me it dude it's fucking hilarious like i don't know people are silly like, I don't know, you don't have to, I mean, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. People are just like, they want, they spend so much time being something they think they want to be Yeah. until they realize that it's like, dude, you can literally just like be you and it'll be fine. And I don't know. So you moved to New York and obviously you still have the pride from where you came from. Uh, but you, you're in this uh, band um, from out there and I know people are scattered, but uh, do you feel like you, you have like a sense of pride for putting on for the city? Cause you know, people do speak highly of long Island, um, you know, like uh, the Hudson Valley, but I, I, uh, you know, sometimes feel like I'm like, do people realize that there are good bands from the city? Um, so, I mean, I'm trying to think, I think the only, I don't like, I don't like saying that we're from New York. Okay. I don't, I don't like saying that. Um, I'm not from here. Uh-huh. I I feel like I'm being I feel like I'm being dishonest, and I feel like I'm taking credit for. I mean, especially here, there is so much history here 
that it's just like i'm like there, there's so much history in this city it's just like i i would literally just be like poaching like their like credibility of being from here and i'm not only do i think that's just like not cool i also just like don't want that because i'm very i'm very conscientious and stoked on the history of where i'm from you know what i mean like i'm stoked of being from the same state as like bone thugs and integrity and fucking like confront and ringworm and like all of these other like cool bands that like represent what my home is about mm-hmm. and so like i don't i mean that, that is sort of the biggest difference between like playing in bands from columbus and and being like yo we're from ohio and like kind of repping that flag hard and then now i'm here i'm just like we're just a band like i think you know i've thought about it and it's just like like we put I don't, like I, I, I really don't know why we put New York City on the fucking thing. Like I, I still think it, I think it's funny. But like I, I don't know. Like dude, like I'm from Ohio. Eric's from Richmond, and the rest of the band is from the Jersey Shore. And like I honestly have no problem just going on stage and saying we're from Ohio, Richmond, and the Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. And I might just say that from now on because we're all super stoked on where we're from. Like there's no question about it. And like, I want my friends to know I'm still stoked on them and like them too, you know, like all, like honestly, more people in Jersey like us than they do in New York. Um, I feel like we're more of a Jersey band than anything. Like I would, but you know, I'm not going to say like, I'm from Jersey. I'm not going to start yelling shore style and shit. Like that's their thing, you know? And I, I respect that that's their thing. And I respect that NYHC isn't my thing to say either, you know? So next uh, for, for the LP on the album cover, we'll get all three listed properly i think on on lp we'll just we'll say forget it forget what we said last time okay well before we go i i just want to thank you because i'm uh i'm and i don't even know if you realize it was me but i i i i I don't i remember it was venmo or cash app but i I bought a a t-shirt from you because you you guys were supposed to go on that run um and it didn't happen so you guys put up those uh, shirts for sale and i i hit up eric uh you know previous previous guest at the podcast i'm like yo how can i get one of those shirts and he's like oh just uh, uh, send the money here and then uh, just make sure to give him your address and he'll send it out and quality awesome. quality t-shirt i i um, love that shirt so thank you yo shout out shout out matt ren and dark medicine for that those dudes hook it up honestly like we would dude we're so jacked up we would never have anything if that if they didn't exist. They make they make anything cool happen for us. Mm-hmm. So shout out Matt Ren. He's the he's the goat for sure. Okay. Well, hell yeah. Um, well, before we wrap up, uh, is there anything else you want to say or shout out? Yeah, I'm always on for some shout outs. Uh, yeah, shout out Embassy Board Shop, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, shout out uh, my boy Joy Knuckles. My old head, my OG dude, fucking put me on to so much cool shit. Um, yeah, you know, like I'm gonna, yeah, if I want to end on any note, you know, it's like it's a weird time. I don't know, like if there's like kids getting into hardcore right now, you know, with no shows happening. Like I don't know if like anyone is listening to this podcast that isn't like my friend or like our age that is like our age or whatever, but like literally you can be you can do anything you want to do and i don't like and i don't mean that in some corny way but like you can actually like if you want to go like shoot photos 
go to a fucking thrift store, find some old camera for like $8 and go get some film and just go take some photos, dude. You know, like you can just do shit. Like that's the whole point of what hardcore is. Like don't spend your whole life like thinking out of like trying to be something. Just like if you have something you want to try, just fucking do it. Nothing gonna stop you from doing it as you. So that's that's my positivity for the day. Hell yeah. Well, seriously, thank you, Daniel, for coming on the podcast. It was, it was a great time and I'm happy we're able to do this. Yeah, me too, man. Thanks for having me. I hope, hope it didn't bore you. Nope. All right. Well, thank you guys again for tuning in and uh, we'll be back soon. <laughs>